Hello and welcome to episode one of Paper Tuesdays with Mark Alpin and Michael Dwyer. I am currently living in central Victoria in Australia and Michael, whereabouts in the world are you? Mark, beside the railway line here in Gorey, County Wexford, Ireland. And we're going to join together to bring the news of the, of the week to the parish. And nowadays it's the global parish, Mark. We're not talking about a rural little pocket of, of a population here in, uh, in North Wexford. We're talking about the, the it's going global, baby. And uh, that's that's the aim of this podcast, isn't it? You know, we we want to uh, bring enlightenment to our listeners and uh, make them make them feel connected to the world around them. Would that be right, Mark? That's absolutely correct, Michael. Yeah, we are the uh, connection, the lost connection between community and social media. Now that is such a noble ambition and such timing for it to come from a global coronavirus pandemic. So yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We're now socially distant in physical terms, so we might as well be socially close in digital terms. Absolutely. So, Mark, uh, we have a few features lined up today, and I know this is one of your favourites. This is the Parish of the Week. This is going to be hotly contested. You know, some people aren't going to be happy with decisions each week, but, you know, we're going to have to stand by them. And it's going to be hard to meet the mark laid down by this man. Father John Kennedy, Kenny Mark, there he is in all oh, his glory. And Father Harry Potter. Yeah, quite the look going on here. And, you know, he's saying mass from a room in his house. And you can see the room there, Mark, like there's clutter everywhere. I don't know how you could say mass in that room. He has a cardboard cutout of Mrs. Doyle. Yes. And, you know, you go from, there's an RTE coffee mug, mug, uh, oh, there's an arty little bag over there as well. But then you've Darth Vader mask. Is that Darth Vader, Mark? That's Darth Vader, and I think that is Frosty the Snowman in the background. Yeah. So an eclectic um, culture of items. A here. culture vulture. Culture vulture is right. Um, so yeah, he says mass in the morning, Mark, and then he um, then he starts um, dressing up. Um, yeah, so he, he says they, he did take up some bleach and say that the House has to use it regularly, but don't let the presidents of the US use it. But that was a message for the adults. Yeah, he's very um, eclectic anyway. So it's, uh, it's, oh yeah, and we better have a look at his newsletter, Mark. This is from March 2020. And he really sets the tone with this one, with the little phrase there, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. And, and a plump then, little bunny in the background of the phone yes. as well. Yeah. Rather cute. Yeah. Elsewhere, servers Tormachetti Sunday Team D that week, Mark. Servers Partry Team A. I'm more of a Team A man myself. Are you? <laughs> because Team A like the part A. <laughs> Anything else jumping out at you about this... Uh, Fantastic newsletter. No, not a lot of it now. Um, Sunday Church Collection, that's an awful lot. Tour McKitty and Hennigan. What, what is Tour McKitty, Michael? Is that a place? Yes, yes. Did they win? Tour McKitty? Yes, Tour McKitty won. Congratulations <laughs> to Sean Hannigan and Anne Hannigan, who have won Tour McKitty. But raffle number 54, yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, 
it's it's amazing to look at all these things: Pilates, knitting circle, um, table quizzes, self management programs, lottos, and to think that they're all cancelled. Such enterprising activity in Ballyhovey Parish, Partry, and Tourmacetty, and it's all on hold at the moment. I wonder what they're doing, Mark. Well, at least they have the flamboyant priests. They do indeed, and he'll be ready for them as soon as lockdown ends. And so, fair play to him. Congratulations. Now, so it's a local team, Mark, for these, um, for two anyway, of these stories, Mark, and they come amid, um, amid the pandemic. So I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a few moments. But I'm going to start with this woman. She's a larger than life character. I think that's fair to say. Mary Farrell. Yes. You know, my mother, in fairness to a shout out to the mother there. The mother, um, when she has her election posters up, she looks like a woman that, you know, she'd love to make a bit of brown bread and a cup of tea for you, you know, that type of way. There's, there's, she does. There's a great character to her. And that character has been brought out um, during this pandemic there. So she's been performing in one of the rooms in her house um, and, and she uploads nightly videos to social media. And, you know, it can range from ABBA to Meatloaf to Frank Sinatra to David Bowie. There can be hymns. There can be, there, you know, it can go from the, the Killers and Codeline to uh, Mary Black. So she's quite the range, Mark. And, um, yeah, she, she's had requests from Wexford and the UK, Canada and Australia. I know you've been sending in your request, Mark. Yes, my lewd requests have been denied. <laughs> I have been blocked. But like it's just uh, it's terrific that uh, she's taken the initiative to um, pick up the guitar and give a bit of joy to spread joy around the county on online on the, on the social media um, every evening. And you know she now has a policy mark that she asks if you want to make a request mark, you have to make a donation to County Wexford Hospice Home Care. She has a GoFundMe set up. So she, I tell you, she has it all figured out, you know, you know, with, with demand so high, you know, there's only one way to to, um, to, to curb it, you know, and uh, set a bit of a benchmark, you know. Yeah, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Fair play, Mary. <laughs> but doesn't every... I think that was the Joker. Sorry? Anyway, go on. I think that was the Joker from Batman made that quote. Oh, right. <laughs> but um, it's... Um... It's people like Mary that we want to highlight on this show, isn't it, Mark? It is, it absolutely is. Mary Wonderwall Farrell, fair play to you. You're the kind of thing. She is this nation's backbone, or your nation's backbone. Yeah. <laughs> no, so fair play, Mary Farrell. And now speaking of backbones. Thank you, Mary. We'll go, we'll go now to, we'll stay with the Gory Garden. Thanks to the Gory Garden for both these stories. And we go now to uh, Jimmy Fleming, Mark. And this is quite the story altogether. Uh, we have Jimmy Fleming, the local publican in River Chapel, and his latest local mixer is making national headlines there. So this was back in earlier, around a month and a half ago, but it was a big story at the time. Uh, the Independent, Virgin Media, and uh, all the local and national press really covered Councillor Jim, or former Councillor Jimmy Fleming of Jimmy's Bar in River Chapel going to homes with pints in his hand. He was wearing masks and, and gloves and hand sanitizer and that type of thing. So, as I say, Mark, there's a lot to this, you know, that uh, in fairness to him, I think he's a bit like the Mother Teresa of alcohol, you know. There, there's such a demand, there's such a, 
there's such a recognition that he is he 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 is seeing the identifying the needs of the people and responding to them in this current time um you know he he's uh, quite the man uh, and you know it hasn't ended there mark um he's now um he's now delivering alcohol to the people of north wexford um he's available for deliveries up till 10 p.m. each evening and you have to write a note and burn it in the fire and he somehow comes along with his magic pint reindeer yeah. pint <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's um he's gone into kind of like a mobile off license and you know he he posts now um he, he has some interesting posts now uh about price comparisons with between him and tesco you know so this pub now he's taking on the big guys you know he's <laughs> 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 so uh fair play to Jimmy Fleming and fair play, Jimmy. Yes. And while we're there, Mark, I may as well show you a photo of another man who made national headlines. Meet Matty Behan. Mark. Oh be Jesus. Yeah. Matty came up with his idea, I'm sure, like in in, in Ireland, Mark, um I'm sure you had face mask shortages. Matty recognized oh. that. <laughs> And is that what I think it is? That is half a bra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? So just for our fair play, Matty. Fair play, Matty. Is that his own? Yeah, well, he bought one anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, and you know the beauty of it is, Mark, you you get two for the price of one, and. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah. That's a bonus prize there, Matty Behan, picking it up with his uh, unique idea of using half a bra. Um, it's, it's a brilliant photo as well, in fairness to Gerald Lacey, because, you know, you, you have this steely look in his eyes. Take a look at them again there, Mark. The steely look at the eyes. And then below it is a bra. You know, it's uh, it's, uh, it's quite the contrast. It's the face of a winner. That's a guy who knows he has what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you get to put your face in a bra in public and people commend you for it <laughs> I've been yeah, waiting for yes. an opportunity to do that for years <laughs> it's a bit like Mark this with this pandemic that uh, you know the way uh, used to be viewed as like lazy to be in your pyjamas all day sitting at home doing nothing and now you're serving your nation's cause aren't you you know <laughs> yeah, and, and now people won't do it. <laughs> yes, Mark. So that that's all really the local news I have for you at the moment. But we need our if you're tuned in and you're thinking, Janie, Mark, he didn't mention so and so, or he didn't mention how my parish is uh, I don't know, feeding the hungry or curing the sick or I think know. my parish should get both parachutes because it's so great. <laughs> So you can always, I suppose you can, uh, Instagram is always a good way to contact us. You've, uh, what's your tag there, Mark? My Instagram tag, before I drop my phone there, is mark.halpin. Mark.halpin, and it's Mick DeBryer for me. So I'm sure between the two of us, you'll get the, get the uh, juicy gossip to us, and we'll be able to broadcast it to the masses. Slide into our DMs. Yes, indeed. So, Mark, a few discussion points, like, um it's this is for someone that's tuned in now it seems a bit 
odd, you know, we've started a podcast when we're furthest apart. Um, it, it's a it's a bit of a change, but it's about bringing something from our past and stirring it into something new with this podcast, isn't it? Mm, yep, absolutely. It's just to continue on our um, long, deep, meaningful conversations in a passive manner, but also in a consistent one. So nobody really listens to me when I yammer on, except yourself. So I reckon I'm going to keep plaguing you in a more public fashion. Brilliant. Not even your Persian housemate is listening to you at the moment. Oh, he could be through the wall, actually. Yeah, he could be your first listener. Yeah. Yes. Actually, he, um... So actually, set the scene, Mark. You you went through secondary school, uh, did a business course. You went to Australia, took up the office job kind of in the same organization that you were working in here, the, the Hayfleet firm. And... Now you're you're working outdoors. You're working on the farm. You know it, it's it's such a contrast for someone not from a farming background, and now they find themselves out in the outback. And I know you have to do it for your visa. Mm, you're absolutely, totally yes. it. I'm out in the, amongst the elements. I'm not confined to an office space anymore. I'm not stuck in between four walls. I'm working with my hands out in the sun, and yeah, it's a lot more enjoyable for me. My own personality type. I found actually be doing physical, practical work as it was me stuck sitting in a chair all day yeah there there's that and then you're also going out by yourself you know it, it's um mm. it's a personal journey i mean i i don't really know a lot about him but young also young describes how you know the person in order to succeed in life must must uh, go through a process of individuation you know that you know breaking away from the crowd altogether. Would, would that be fair to say the, the development of the journey that you've been on has been some sort of a, a, self, a self-discovery adventure? Would that be right? It's just, I don't, I don't know if I'd class it as that. It's just sort of following the intuition that I possess. It's just following the natural course of my life. Like, it's Australia... It's something I've always talked about doing, even with yourself through school. I remember I used to, I don't know if you recall, but I used to say, you know, I'll probably go to Australia at some stage. And then it just kind of, the cards fell into place. But if they didn't fall into place, like there are sacrifices I had to make to come here and sacrifices I'd made by being here. One of which was actually, I trained last year hurling a football at Castletown and they ended up winning the county final in football three weeks after I emigrated. Here. So there is there is a push and a pull as with everything, you know, you can't have everything. You need to you need to sacrifice some things in order to have others. And I don't regret any of the sacrifices I've made. And it's it has been a um, definitely a journey of independence moving here by myself and learning basically to sort of look after my own affairs on a total scale, basically. Like there is always I'm phone, home is always only a phone call or a flight away, but it's not something that I want to rely on or lean back on. It's um, it's just it's been a major like whitewash of independence for me where I I have to look after myself like where it's sort of I put it as sink or swim for myself like my back is against the wall and I have to have to look after myself and it's been hugely beneficial for me and I'd recommend it for everyone and I know people talk about how traveling is such a a mind-opening experience and they come home and they wear their flowery pants and they say how much they learned about um culture and stuff like that but i think the main thing is you learn not to be a baby anymore yeah as you can see from my beard i have taken up 
Amishism. <laughs> so I've given up electricity, but I've only come back on it for this podcast. No. Breach, don't be worried if you're listening. <laughs> Breach is your brother. <laughs> for for us, isn't it? But Mark. Yes, yeah, so hello, Breach, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> but Mark, this is about. You mentioned something there, instinct. Well, you mentioned a few things there, but instinct. I, I'd like to drill down into that. Like, you know, how, how does one follow their instinct and find themselves living in a bungalow in the outback? I know I know the visa has its demands and all, but that you're in a bungalow, you're 25 minutes from a town, and you're living with a Persian man, and you have <laughs> regular uh, bizarre encounters with people that, you know, it, it is fascinating. It, you, you couldn't really write this stuff, you know. But, but and then as well as that, so that's that, that's just one of my observations. But then you mentioned the nature of sacrifice and now not being a baby anymore. That is a liberating thought. I really I really think there's a lot to that. You know, if we have to grow up a little and shed some of our past to to be ready to grow and move on. Um so I, I, I definitely see a lot of value in what you're saying there. Mm. Well, the three points you just brought up there, the intuition, the not being a baby, and what was the middle one? A sacrifice. All three of those things just come from doing what's hard. So I just, you just need to build the discipline to do what you know you should do, what is hard, what is going to benefit you. And if you do, do those three things, you'll end up being in a position that you want to be in. It's that simple. Yeah. Well, Mark... I'm sure after this, we'll write that down. But, you know, we were thinking about brainstorming ideas about this podcast some time ago. And we were trying to think, oh, maybe we could do a gospel according to. But I tell you, Mark, that is that is the gospel according to Mark today. That's a, that's a, if we can if we can strike that tone every week, we'll be doing well. Thanks for that. Um, so, oh, yeah. And uh, I suppose the bonus number here. Tell me about the real estate agent you met a few weeks ago. He's he's quite the character, and then I might tell you about uh, about one here in Ireland. Yeah, so I, I've um, as you mentioned, I'm living in a bungalow in the outback in Australia, and it's owned by the farmer who owns the land who is selling the house that I'm currently on. So I've had a real estate agent coming and going over the past few weeks, and he's been uh, bringing people in to view the house, but. As you know, the COVID-19 is bringing in new sanctions into everything. So the, one of the rules is I have to wait outside with the estate agent while somebody's viewing the house. So while me and Peter are outside and people are viewing the house, we've been engaging in um, just casual conversation to make the time go by faster as he's been here. But it's been like we built up some sort of rapport, but not a lot. It's a very sort of um, short talk kind of conversations we have but then we were having a conversation one day about how um, these houses and the one I live in are all here from the aftermath of the second world war where the houses were given to soldiers of the uh, from the Australian army so they could farm the land and they wouldn't be left out of pocket they'd have something to build on after the war and then Peter mentioned to me that his grandfather was a prisoner of war in Japan during the the world war Two. And I said, oh, really? And this is where the conversation kind of got a bit interesting. He goes to me, yep, those Japs are a godless bunch. And I thought, oh, uh, um, I, what do you say to that? Like, you're trying to um, have a conversation with somebody. You don't agree to something like that. You want to say, you know what, Peter, you're dead, right? I've been waiting for someone to say that. <laughs> I don't actually think that. But 
yeah, he went on then to tell me all about how his grandfather was uh, in an internment camp in Japan and such stuff like that. And then the conversation just gradually got deeper and deeper into war and murder and religion. And all of this was within a 20-minute window on my lunch break where I should have been eating my porridge. <laughs> but anyway, to finish up, Peter ended the conversation with the punchline. Fellas my age blowing themselves up for 40 virgins. What good would 40 virgins be to me? I wouldn't be fit to make 40 cups of tea. <laughs> yeah, that was my story about Peter. Yeah, well, just for the contrast sense, it's, it's, it's a lot of this, um, a lot of this podcast is about contrast. I'm going to give you a story about an estate agent there that I heard of recently in the, uh, the, the southeast, and he was dealing with clients uh, that were selling their house, and this sale of the house has taken ages. And, it's taken months and months to go through. And but the, the the estate agent he wasn't giving up even though the, the person purchasing the house was a little sore than usual. And he kept, you know, he, he was willing to take and make Sunday phone calls. He was he was he was dedicated to the cause. And at the end of the sale anyway, he goes to the vendor, you know, how did how did this uh, how does it feel for you leaving this house? Is it is it a positive or a negative? And then the person selling it said, you know, oh, I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful for everything. And good, good. And he said, the estate agent replies, and he says, oh, well, I lost a son a few years ago, and I get a kick out of making sure that people who sell their homes, it's worth a far lot more to me knowing that they've had their, their, their correct outcome. Uh, far, and that's of far more value to him than the commission. And Quite the profound statement from an auctioneer. You know, I never thought that of the state agents uh, performing a vocation and uh, executing it with uh, humanity and uh, with personal drive as well. So there's a contrast now between our two auctioneers, uh, Mark. Yeah, there you go, yin and yang, I suppose. Yeah. So I suppose this. I, I'm not surprised that we have dedicated a part of this podcast to auctioneers on our first episode. Be, you know, we're, we're such avid fans of them. Who knows what's next? You know, it could be cucumber. It could be um, deciduous trees. You know, I think we, we will have a certain level of unpredictability. What do you think, Mark? I think so, yeah. I think there will be a vast variety of topics to cover due to the vast variety of parishes and people out there. Yes. <laughs> Well said, well said. So I think we picked up well. What do you think? How do you feel? I think so, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling ecstatic. <laughs> we had a little bit more conversation. So, like, if, if there, is there something else on your mind we want to discuss? Or? Well, um, I'd just like to touch base with you on how all is going in Gory. Mark, all is good in Gory here. Um, the, look, the pandemic is the, the big feature. Um, there, there aren't as many shops open as, as you'd like to see, you know, there, the weekends go by, Mark, and I'm sure you'll identify with this, the weekends come and there could be a glorious scorching sun basking in the back garden on a Saturday evening and you, you, you know that your friends and everyone around you is thinking, how good would this sun feel in French's beer garden? You know, it's, it's those those things that are uh, that the young generation is pining for at the moment uh, to to find themselves hopping. I think that about most things. How good would this be in French's beer garden? 
<laughs> yes. So pining for the little trail of of destruction or trail of joy that they meet on Saturday nights, you know, going, hopping from Katie Daly's to French's to, to McGovern's to the Fowler to 64, all leading to that unknown being O2, you know. Um, I, I, I haven't gone there in years anyway, so I, I'd like to keep continue to regard it as an unknown just for personal reasons. But, you know, that, that social element, you know, that, that, that's what the young generation is pining for here in Gory at the moment, I think, Mark. Um, otherwise, you know, all is well. People are discovering new things, like Miley Doyle's shop and, and Select Grocer on the main street, Mark. Did you know, Mark, that he stocks bean and goose chocolate made in Wexford for seven euro a bar? And he also stocks Bodger and Dodo coffee, ground coffee. And it's a gorgeous oh, it's made in uh, It's made in Cork, and that's tenner a bag. And, you know, he'll also have cheeses. And I'm sure if anyone's been to Miley Doyle's, there's quite an eclectic mix there. You have John Doyle behind the, behind the uh, till. And you, you have cheeses. You have wedding stationery. You have a bit of everything there in Miley Doyle's. So people like Miley Doyle's, Walia, uh, opposite him, the news agents. I think the small businessman is going to come out of this stronger. I, I, I'd like to think that way anyway, Mark. For the good of yeah, the yeah, yeah, I suppose so. They will get the most compassion because there are the people people can. Uh, those are the businesses people can relate to the most. So those are probably places that people will be looking to support. Yeah, there's there's that, and then as well as that, there's the idea that who has hurt most from this pandemic? It hasn't been the big global corporations. It's been the small restaurant, the small cafe, and. Um, you know, there's a recognition of the scale of this problem is impacting. As someone, as I think it was a BBC uh, presenter said a few weeks ago, you know, this is a health problem, but it's also a social problem as well. You know, it's it's not the, it's a certain section of society that's, that's on the 350 euro uh, weekly pandemic unemployment payment at the moment. You know, so there, there's, a, there's a lot to this pandemic that, uh, um, Mark, I think that's, Fair to say. But how would you contrast that with the Australian experience? You know, they, they're, I, I was unsurprised by their approach. And it's been extremely effective, hasn't it, in containing the spread of the virus? Yeah. Well, see, we're such a big spread out country here as well. My garden is small and it's sort of, um, everyone's in, most European countries, everything's in on top of each other. Whereas in Australia, like, you, I can, I stand off my front porch in the morning and um, relieve myself and nobody sees it. <laughs> yeah nobody's the wiser there's miles and miles around this house where nobody um is um inhabiting it's all just fields as much of the central australia is like australia is all cities on the beach fronts and then the center there's just nothing so if people in rural australia are fine really yeah and say the the effects of that town that's nearest you like what what's that town like like you, you know i gory Maybe this is getting down into the minutiae of the detail. But like Gory, there's a lot of convenience, you know. Most people are within 10 or 15 minutes of like a massive grocery shop. Like, and you're, you find yourself 25 minutes away from a shop to get a bottle of water or a bottle of water or a bottle of milk. Um, you know, is there a bit of a change in that? Or, you know, you, you go from the bustling city of Melbourne to, um, 
the the outback like is there is there an adaptation to that ah uh, not really you just have to drive a bit further to get what you want to your, do your shopping or whatever but other than that no they're pretty like they're pretty clued in up here they're um they found ways of living and dealing with being in uh, isolation right yeah you're thriving in that anyway. Yeah, there's very little natural water here. All, all yeah, all water would sort of be um, delivered in. Not there's no wells really. Yeah. I see. Yeah. We'll go wild, and I think of one outspoken topic. Is there anything you've thought of in the last week that you just want to say, and like discuss? See if we get into that. I just to say I love my mammy <laughs> and also also I want to get this off my chest we went to a farm in my ag science class in fifth year and Mervyn told me I was a yuppie because I wouldn't look at his cow's embryos well Mervyn now I work on a farm so who's the yuppie now <laughs> and I'll ask you back where's Mervyn now uh, yeah it's always good when, when someone succeeds at something and they always have the story, the, the vendetta that they can, they can speak about, you know, when, when they go on to achieve greatness. So now, Mervyn has exited his podcast now, in a huff, gone out to see to his few cattle. So, Mark, what have we learned today? So, today we learned that um, Jimmy Fleming comes to all the nice little boys who ask for their drinks. We learned that Mary Farrell is the songbird of our generation and we learned that Miles Doyle sells badger coffee. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Thank you. The last one was the one I was looking forward to most. Yeah. He's, he's my new favourite grocer, Mark. Uh, well, you've been fantastic. I've been Michael Dwyer. Thank you, Mark, for your entertainment, your joy, and I hope that this can bring joy to the world. Good night. God bless. See you in round two.